Okay. Welcome, everyone, to the Ohave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Chaf, is Daf Lamid in Masechet Pesachim. We are actively looking for a sponsor for tomorrow's Shiur. Anyone who would like to sponsor tomorrow's Shiur is welcome to call uh, 718-213-3681 or text for sponsorship information. Uh, today's issue starts at the two dots on the Chavtet Amud Bet. Now, um, in order to understand um, the following Gemara, you need the following introduction. When you mix something Asur with something Mutar, there is uh, a Machloket, what happens? Now, in general, there's a few different categories. Assuming that there's the majority of kosher food. Okay, if the majority is non-kosher food, there is no question that it's not kosher. If there's a majority of kosher food, and you're mixing things, there's, there's two ways to do it. There's mino, v'shelo b'mino. B'mino means I have kosher meat mixed with non-kosher meat. That's mino, the same type. The kosher is meat, and the non-kosher is meat. Then there's shelobimino. You're mixing non-kosher meat with vegetables. It's non-kosher with kosher, but it's not the same type. Okay? Those are the two different categories of mixing. There's a machlok at what the halakha is. Midoraita. How does it work? Um... Rav and Shmuel hold that when you mix min bimino, two types of the same thing, even the tiniest amount makes it asur. And when you mix it with lo bimino, you mix it with different type, then it's binoten tam. Then we figure out if it gives flavor or not. If the meat is giving flavor, it's asur. If the meat's not giving flavor, it's mutar. So usually you figure that out with 60. 60 times. If it's 60 times, then it's okay. If Yochanan and Rish Lakish hold, whether it's mixed with meat and whether it's mixed with vegetables, either way, it's betam. You need 60. Okay? So he, over here, he seems a little more lenient. Now, let's go further. We're going to now involve Pesach. So you have Chametz mixing with other stuff and what the law is. Okay? And we're going to have um, three or four different opinions about what happens with chametz mixing with non chametz and how we figure it out. Whether it's min bimino, mixing chametz with like types of chametz, chametz in other words, bread of chametz with bread of isur, or bread of chametz with vegetables. All different, different ideas. Okay? Amar Rav, Rav says, Chametz bizmano. Chametz in its time, which means Chametz on Pesach. Amar Rav, Chametz bizmano, ben bimino, ben shilobimino. Whether you're mixing it with the same type, or whether you're mixing it with different type, meaning you're, whether you're mixing it with vegetables. Either way, it's asur. Okay, asur means asur mashu means you, you can't be batelit. 
אוקיי. שלא במזמנו, if it's not in the right time, meaning if it's after Pesach, then, במינו, when you mix it with its type, אסור, it's אסור. שלא בזמנו, שלא במינו, if it's not mixing with the type, then it's מותר. So, חמץ after Pesach, then it's mixed with vegetables, רב holds it's מותר. שלא בזמנו. שלא בזמנו means not on Pesach. But there's no חמץ then. It's חמץ, I have חמץ, I was left over Pesach. Leftover, we can then get now. Leftover, he's not to, telling you it's mutar to eat it straight. He's telling you that after Besach, if it got mixed, then it's okay. Okay. Now, we don't know what it's talking about. What is Rav talking about? If he's talking about that the Isur, the Chametz, is less than 60, less than 1 in 60, and therefore it's like 1 in 50 or 1 in 30, and therefore it gives flavor to the thing. Then Shilobus Mano, Shilom, you know Mutar? How can you say, how can you say that it's Mutar after Pesach? Ha, Yahiv Tama, it's giving flavor. If you're talking about a case where it's 1 in 30 or 1 in 10, where it's giving flavor, how can it be Mutar after Pesach? Can't be that. Ela Bimashu. Must be we're talking about when we said Mutar or Asur, we meant Mutar or Asur Bimashu, even a small amount. And we're telling you, that chametz on Pesach is asur b'mashu b'mino b'mino, and after Pesach shlom b'mino is mutar b'mashu, but b'mino is asur b'mashu. That's what we're talking about. Okay. So Gemara says chametz b'zmano chametz and it's time ben b'mino she ben shlom b'mino asur. You're going to tell me chametz in his time. According to what we just said now, that means chametz in its time, meaning chametz on Pesach, is asur b'mashu whether mino lo mino. Why would that happen? Why would Rav be so strict? I'll tell you why. Says the Gemara. You know why? Rav Latame. Rav is following his reason that he said somewhere else. The Rav Shmuel the Amri Shavai, because Rav and Shmuel both say call Isurim Shabbat Torah all the Isurim Torah b'mino b'mashu. If it's in the mino, b'mashu. Shalom mino, and if it's not mino, mino ten tam. Then it goes with it goes with tam. Now, right? V'rav v'rav gazad chametz b'zmano shalom mino atu mino shalom b'zmano. So if so, we have to ask a question. If Rav generally holds min b'mino is b'mashu and min shalom mino is is binotin tam. So how come on Pesach he says that it's asur b'mashu in both situations? He says asur b'mashu whether it's mino or shalom mino. Why would he do that? So min mino he says asur b'mashu because that's what he holds all over. And min shalom mino he says asur. That's a gizera. It's not really asur straight. It's only asur because the rabbis made a gizera on Pesach. What's the gizera? Gizera. They made them. We're afraid that if we allow you to batel one in sixty when you mix your chametz with vegetables, you might say, "Well, what's the difference one in sixty with vegetables, or what's the sixty if I mix uh, my my chametz bread with with, with my with my uh, with my matzah bread?" 
and that is mimino is, is, is mashu, and therefore the rabbis made a gizera on min on Pesach on min shelov mino atu min mimino. Okay, that's rav. That's 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 cool. Why rav says on Pesach? Now shelov mizono. When we said shelov mizono, bimino asur. When he said it's asur bimino, and bimashu, that's like Rabbi Yehuda. If you remember Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah that we had yesterday, for those who did the Mishnah from yesterday, Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah from yesterday had said that chametz before Pesach and after Pesach is asur with love. And that's why he says that after Pesach is a mashu, because whenever something is asur midoraita, it's asur according to Rav mashu. Okay? Vishilom, you know, now Shalom, you know, really should be minot in time. Why does he say, why is it minot in time? It's mutar. It's mutar b'mashu. Why is it mutar b'mashu? Shalom zano, shalom ino, atu ino, atu ino, kula hai logos We're not going to make such a big gizera. Why? Because it's a double gizera. You're making, uh, the reason why we're being lenient on after Pesach is because shalom ino, it's, it's too far of a gizera. Since even mino, Lob Mino is really mutar. When do we make the extra gizera on Pesach itself? Because on Pesach itself, if you if you mix Mino, you can get karet. So here we'll be stricter over here. But when after Pesach, when when you only get a lav, we're not so strict to make a gizera of Lob Mino atumino. Okay, that is all the opinion of Rav. So to summarize, Rav, you ready for Rav summary? The summary of Rav is as follows. Uh, in general, bismano on Pesach, okay. When it's on Pesach, bimino when you mix chametz with the same type of thing, let's say bread with bread. When I say bread with bread, I mean matzah bread and, and chametz bread. Then it's asur midoraita, right? Like every asur Torah, every asur bimino is always asur. Shalomino, it's a gizera, because we're afraid that if we let you mix your bread with one in sixty. You with us? Yeah, I'm listening. Okay. If you let you mix the bread one in sixty, then maybe you'll come to mix it also with bread. If we let you mix the bread with vegetables one in sixty, you might do it with bread. That's bismano. Shalom bismano. If it's after Pesach, then bimino it's asur midoraita, right? Because like every suri Torah, you mix min bimino it's asur midbashu, and shalom bimino, then it's mutar. Why? Because we don't make a double gezerah. Since it's, on, since it's only a, uh, a lav in the first place, not karet, so we don't make the gezerah of shlomino atumino. That's rough. Let's go to Shmuel. Okay? Shmuel Amar, Shmuel holds differently. Chametz bizmano, chametz in its right time, meaning on Pesach, bimino asur. In its, in its, if it's min bimino, it's asur. Shlomino mutar. But shlomino is mutar, which means that if it's one in 60 shlomino, on Pesach, if you have a drop of chametz fall into your chicken soup, mutar. As long as it's less than one in sixty, it's okay. That's what Shmuel holds. Shalom is If it's not in its right time, meaning if it's after Pesach, then Shmuel holds. Ben ben mutar. It's always mutar. So Shmuel is much more lenient than Rav. Why? 
חמץ בזמנו במינו אסור שמות המה. דיברנו שמות המה שווייו, כל זמן שמות תורה, ובמינו... במינו אסורים ממשהו, לפי זה מוי זה אסור, מוי שמוס זה אסור מדאורייתא, זה בגלל שהההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
So we have three different opinions. Rav, Shmuel, and Rav Yochanan. So far, so clear? Yep. Now we are up to the top of Lamed Amur Alf. And we're, those are three early Amoraim. Okay? okay. Rav, Shmuel, Rav Yochanan are all the first generation Amoraim. Rav is the fourth generation Amora. So he's a later rabbi, and he's coming to tell you what the halacha is. Amar Abba, Hilchata the halacha is as follows. Chametz bizmano, chametz on Pesach. Ben mimino, ben shelo mimino. Whether you're mixing it with its own type, whether you're mixing it not with its own type. Asur b'mashu. It's asur b'mashu kirav. Like the strictest one of all three of them, Rav, who holds asur. Shelo bizmano. If it's not on the right time, ben meaning if it's after Pesach, ben mimino whether it's mixed with its own type, ben shlomo whether it's in, with a different type, mutar kib shimon. So he's going like Rav regarding on Pesach, and he's going like the other two rabbis who go with Rabbi Shimon after Pesach that he goes it's not asur when it's mixed. Once you mix it with something else, it's going to be mutar. Asked the Gemara, "Umi Amar Rav Hachi? Did Rav really say such a thing?" Amar Rav didn't Rav say Rabbi Shimon Kansa Kanis Hoyel Va'ava Va'avar Alav Va'yirei Va'yimatzeh? Didn't we say before in, a, in the Daf yesterday's Daf that Rav held that there was a Knas? You weren't let. Don't tell me Rav holds like Rabbi Shimon and says that everything is mutad. After Pesach, and you're allowed to eat chametz after Pesach, we know that Rav had a knas. Rav held that our Mishnah, which said it's asur, Rav, Rav held that our Mishnah, which said it's asur, was a knas. The rabbis made a knas on the guy. Since you since you were over in Abaye, we told you we made a knas that you're not allowed to eat after Pesach. So why would you say it's totally mutad? Over here, Rav is saying chametz that gets mixed with other things is mutad. What do you mean? You agree that it's isur? Answer the Gemara, no. Rabbi says, the rabbis only made the gezerah. You're right. If you're eating a cookie that stayed after Pesach, the rabbis made a gezerah and you're not allowed to eat it. But the rabbis only made gezerah on the cookie if you eat the cookie straight. But if a crumb of your cookie falls into your coffee, the rabbis didn't make it asur because that's, that's, that's only with a mixture. With a mixture, the rabbis didn't make a gezerah after Pesach. The whole... The whole Isur, according to Rava, of Chametz after Pesach is only Midrabanan. The rabbis aren't going to make another Gizirah and say it's even Asur when it mixes with something else. And therefore, Chametz after Pesach that gets mixed with something else, even if it's 160, is Mutar. No, he didn't say that. But if it, if it happens, well, is another question. Whether you can mix it or not, it's another question. But he didn't say that yet. Okay? Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. And Rava follows his reasoning. When we used to be by Rav Nachman's house, when the seven days of Pesach would pass, Amalan he would tell us, Puku Vizbinu Chamira de He would say, Go buy the Chametz of the Goyim. So when Pesach was over, he would say, go buy the Kalim's Chametz. Now, had he held like Rabbi... We're proving that Ra, that Rava holds like Rabbi Shimon. We just told you Rava holds like Rabbi Shimon. How do we prove? Because had he held like Rabbi Yehuda, 
Rabbi Yehuda holds Chametz after Pesach is Asur whether it was owned by a Jew or whether it was owned by a Goy. We said yesterday. Right. Do you remember that? That was Rabbi Yehuda yesterday. So we see here that if Rav is telling his students you could go buy the Aladdin bread from the Goyim's stores from the from the 24-hour mini-mart on the corner even though the bread was owned by a Goy on Pesach so obviously Rav holds that not like Rav Yehuda that Chametz is Asur on Pe- after Pesach even owned by a Goy must be he holds like Rav Shimon that holds right. Chametz Mutar after Pesach so therefore it fits well what he's saying here that he holds like Rav Shimon he lived in Babel, Rav. Rav. Okay? After eight days, yeah. Amar Rav. Kiderot Pesach, a new statement of Rav. Now, we're going to compare now. Till now, we're talking about mixing chametz with other stuff in a pot. Now, we're going to talk about the pot itself. Which means, since the pot itself has in the walls of the pot the flavor of the chametz, it's going to create a new mixture in the pot. And we're going to talk about whether it's mutar or so. Okay? Amar Rav says, Kederot bePesach yishperu. Rav says that the pots of Pesach you need to break. Which means if you have regular clay pots and those clay pots have absorbed the flavor of your noodles, which are not kosher Pesach. Right? Yeah. You don't eat noodles on Pesach? Oh, it depends. Okay. Wait, okay. <laughs> right? So, if yeah, has you guys eat noodles on Pesach? You don't eat noodles, right? Noodles? Noodles on Pesach, the Persians don't eat, right? Okay, good. Um, no, that, that was a joke. Sorry. Okay, let's go. Now, if you have a pot that has the taste of noodles on Pesach, you make noodles with eggs, Oh, with eggs, okay, fine. <laughs> right? You have to break them. Why? Because there's nothing to do. Since they have the taste of chametz after Pesach, you can't, anything you cook in it is going to have the taste of the chametz in it. And it's going to give the, give the flavor. And therefore it's asur. And Rav holds that if you mix a mixture of min bimino, min shenimino after Pesach, right? What does Rav say? What did Rav say? Do you remember what did Rav say about after Pesach? That it's asur. It's asur. Right, he's the most strict. But the Gemara says, "Am I? Why should we asur?" Rav, Rav, after Pesach, allowed min she'enu bino. Right? Do you remember Rav allowed a mixture of min b'she'enu bino after Pesach? Even Rav, the strictest one, had allowed after Pesach min b'she'enu bino. So why not save it for after Pesach? And instead of making noodles in it, I'll make vegetable soup. A vegetable soup with noodles means no. It'll get the flavor of the noodles in it. Okay. But it's mean no after Pesach with Rav Hose Mutad Mutad Mimashu Minotintam. Right? Okay. Take more answers. Gizira Dilma Atul Mebelumino. You're right. Really it's mutad. If you make uh, vegetables in the noodle pot, but we're afraid that maybe you'll end up doing mino, and that'll be asur b'mashu, and therefore we don't do it. Okay. That's Rav's opinion. Shmuel Amar, lo yispiru. He says, don't break it. Aval mashu lula 
Save it till after Pesach. Don't break the break the, the clay pots. Save it till after Pesach. And then after Pesach, according to Shmuel, you can use it because after Pesach, Shmuel holds his mutar no matter what. And therefore, Shmuel says you can save it till after Pesach. Is that clear? Yes? You save it till after Pesach? Save it till after Pesach because according to Shmuel, Shmuel said before that after Pesach is mutar bimino or shenumino. Right. So you don't have to make a gezeira of mino or shenumino because he holds it both mutar. Okay. And they will save it till after Pesach, you're fine. Right. Ve'azda Shmuel tameh, and Shmuel follows his logic. The Amar Shmuel, Shmuel says, Lahanu dimizabni kandi, he told the pot salesman in, who lived in Rav's town, Ashvu zvinu akandaitu, Cool off the prices of your of your pots. and if you don't start stop price gouging before Pesach, because it seems like before Pesach in this town they were they were raising the prices because they figured, hey, everyone's buying pots. That means what they were like holding like rubber, like they were breaking it, and then everyone. They, I guess in the town, every, 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 they were holding like Rav that everyone was was breaking their pots, and Shmuel came to listen here. I see you guys gouging on the prices. Don't raise the price before. Like, if you do, because if you don't lower your prices, I'll tell everyone, we all like Rabbi Shimon, and therefore, it's and you can save your pots, and then no one's going to buy pots. So, therefore, you better be careful not to raise your prices. Let him say it anyway. Shmuel holds like Rabbi Shimon. So why does he tell everyone anyway? Who cares whether they lower the price or not? Just make an announcement all over. Right. He says, no, it was Rav's town. And therefore, in Rav's town, he wasn't going to do it unless he saw that there was price gouging going on, then he would open his mouth and say the Talachas like Shmuel. Mm-hmm. But Shmuel was the one that switched the Halachas three times before. Like he did, like, uh, the, the Rav and the I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't know. He didn't switch over here. New story. Tanura, there was this oven. This oven, they put in it meat. Now, the ovens in the olden days, like the lafas, they used to slap the bread on the oven. This oven, they put meat fat in the oven and they baked bread in it. Now, the bread got the taste of the meat fat from the walls of the oven. Okay? Amar Rabbah Bar Ahili said, Lemichle Lerifta. He says, Afil Asra Rabbah Bar Ahili Lemichle Lerifta Afil Emilcha. He says, it's asur to eat that bread, not only if you're having it with dairy or meat. Even if you're eating it just with salt, it's asur le olam forever. Forever means, even if we reheat up the oven again, we let it cool off and reheat the oven before we make a new bread, the new bread that we make in that oven is still asur. Dilma michli bekutcha. We're worried that you might have the pita that you have there with yogurt. You remember kutach comes up again, the delicious food from Pavel with the spoiled, spoiled milk. We're afraid you'll eat it with kutach. 
And therefore, it's asur to eat the bread, since bread is usually parf, if it's made in a meat oven, it's asur. This is the halakha nowadays, and that person is not allowed to make reg- meat bread ever. Unless you make it a different shape or something, we'll see soon. Okay. May TV. We asked the question on Rava Bar Ahila. It says, En lashin et bechalav. It says that you can't um, knead your dough, your dough with milk. The imlash, and if you did, the whole bread is always asur. Because we're worried you'll end up eating it with a corned beef sandwich. Turn the page. In a similar way, you cannot um, season the tanur with fat. The imtash, and if you did, uh, the whole bread is always asur until, but here it's only asur, only until you refire it up. But it sounds like once you refire the tanur from this brighta, it sounds like it is okay. This other rabbi had said, Le'olam, which means even if you refire it. Here it sounds like only Achia Sikat the Tenor. Sounds like it doesn't stay to the, for the next time. So the bright is against the rabbi. It's a question on Rabbi Barila, who said it's always Asur. Gemara says, You're right, it is a Tiyufta. Now, I just want to point out to you that clay has a habit of needing seasoning. One time, 20 years ago, my wife convinced me to buy, at the time it was expensive, we bought this $60 or $70 pizza tray. She said, we need it, we make a lot of pizza. We don't use it that much, but we actually, she actually does, she actually, she, she actually does use it a lot. She was right about it. So this, it's this clay pizza stone, and you put it in the, you, you put it in the oven, and you bake the pizza, you put the pizza on it, and it's like a hot it get it gets you put it in the oven from beforehand so it gets hot mm-hmm. and you put the raw pizza on it like with a with a pizza thing and it gets baked with a crusty bottom okay. like like you get in the store. in the pizza store <clears throat> as opposed to a softer bottom that usually right. you get in the thing so it it came with instructions and instructions are at the first time the first time you use it, you have to season it which means clay is the type of thing that once you put it says that once you put an oil in it you oil it first and you put it in the oven, so then it keeps that oil, and it will non-stick forever. It'll always release the juices, and always never stick to the thing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So the first time you do it, it lasts than clay. That's what they were telling you. Which fits very, very nicely yeah. into the way our Gemara is saying, according to Rava Bar Ahili, who yeah. the Gemara got rid of, though. The Gemara just said that we don't go like Rava Bar Ahili. Okay. Anyway. Now, we have a new statement. Amalei Ravina Ravashi. Now that we knocked off Rava Bar Eli, and we said that once you reheat them, there's no taste in the walls anymore from this brighter. So then why did Rav say to break all the pots? Why didn't Rav let us keep the pots? I can keep the pot, and who cares what's in the walls? I'll just refire it. Okay, so we're going to have different answers to this question. Again, the question is, we seem to have a contradiction. Rav Barilai's knocked off. And therefore we don't agree that, that, that we, we agree that refiring it should make it mutar. So why are we breaking pots? So Rav Ashi answered the following. Hatam, over there, it was a metal oven. You thought 
that the oven that they let you refire was a clay oven? No, that was a metal oven. But a clay oven, it never comes out. How come we're talking about clay pots? Clay pots, it never comes out. So this still fits with, very nicely with my, uh, yeah. with my pizza tray, right? Mm-hmm. According to Anton number one, Rabbi's pizza tray is fine. When it's clay, it's always that sort. And when it's metal, yeah, then you can reheat it. It'll be fine. Good. Number two. Ibait Ema. Answer number two. Ha veha. Both of them are talking about Shilcheres. They're both clay. Zeh hisikan bebefnim. Vezeh hisikan bebefnim. It depends how you heat it up. The oven was heated with a heat source that was inside it. And therefore, the heat source inside it was able to take out all the flavor. And that's why afterwards you can put the lava and it's fine. That's what the writer was talking about. The pot, the heat source is outside of the pot. And therefore it doesn't get quite as hot or it doesn't do enough to break, to, to machshir it. Okay? The heat, the heat, maybe you'll answer me. Still, if, with this second answer, it doesn't make sense. Why do you have to break the pots? Why don't I just heat up the pot from inside? And then I won't have to break it. Right. Why are you telling me to break it? According to the sec- first answer, I understand. But according to the second answer, that you're even allowing clay pots. Wait, why would Rav, why would Rav say to break it? Yeah. Heat it from the inside? says, come on, no. We're afraid that when you put the coals inside, the guy's going to be scared to leave them long enough because it has a chance of popping. And therefore, if we let, if we don't make you break it, you might do a bad job of doing it from the inside, and you won't get all the flavor out. And since we're worried about that, we don't let you do it at all. We make you break it because since it has a high chance of popping, a guy might not leave the coals on the inside to do their job properly on a pot. On an oven, which is stronger, I guess they're not worried about that. Okay? Hilkach, therefore, says the Gemara. Hi, Buchia. This... Um, uh, brick item, since it's uh, fired up from the outside, it's a sort of use on Pesach. And if you fill it up with coals, then it's okay. Why? Because this is Bukhya. Bukhya is made out of bricks, and it's less. I think it's bricks. I have to check this. Uh, and it's less susceptible to, to popping. And therefore, since it won't pop, we, if you actually take care of it from the inside, it'll be okay. Good. Okay. Uh, they call it, the article calls it a tile ring. Okay. Amale Ravina Ravashi. So Ravina told Ravashi the following things. How do you make knives good for Pesach? Meaning, if you use the knives on chametz, what do we do with them? Amale, me, I use new ones. I use new ones on Pesach. So says, Amale, tenach That's good for the rabbi who's loaded. The, the old days, the rabbis of the who were the rosh shivas always. Was provided with plenty of money. And therefore, he says, okay, if you buy new ones on Pesach, you're wealthy and you could buy one. Right. Okay? 
right? But the law of Shalemai, what what do you do with a guy who can't afford new knives on Pesach? What does he do with his knives? When I told you I get new ones, I don't mean that I actually go out and buy new ones. I mean, I make mine like new ones. So they play. I use the old ones, but I make it like new. How do I do it? I do the following. First, I, I wrap up the handles in clay, and I put the iron part, which is the the, the blade part, benura in fire. The hadar, And then, I take off the cover of the clay. I guess I covered the handle in clay so it doesn't burn right. in the fire. And then I take off the clay and I stick it in boiling water. I put, it in, put the, the handle in boiling water. But we hold that both of them only need to be worked in boiling water Now, you need to know the following. In general, we hold that you need to fix something the way it was used. The reason why the rabbi held that the knife part of it needed to be put in a... Hot water. The, the, the rabbi originally said that it needed to be put in a fire. Yeah. The knife part, remember? Yeah. Why did he tell, hold it has to be on the knife part? He was afraid. Now, if you use the knife for things that are never on the fire, which means you never use a knife on the fire, you use a knife off, on things off the fire, it doesn't need to go on the fire. It should be, only need boiling water. The reason why he held it on the fire because maybe he, he used it to cut shawarma, right? Shawarma is on a meat that's on a fire straight, right. and, or let's say meat on, or chametz on your barbecue straight, and you use it to cut things on the barbecue, which is on a direct fire without liquid. Okay. That would need to be cooked. Then you need to do put the blade in a direct fire, which is what the rabbi had originally said. Now, why over here in the end is the halacha that you could put it in boiling water? If you always if you, if you use it on the on the barbecue it should need to be going to barbecue why did the Gemara end off with the halakha so there's a few different opinions Tosfer has a couple of different opinions of why however the Ramban says an interesting halakha which we hold the Maaseh if I'm not mistaken that <coughs> since the this knife was usually used off the fire and only occasionally used on the fire, we go by most of the usage of the knife. And since most of the usage of the knife is off the fire, that's why it's okay to put it in boiling water, even though it was sometime, even though it was a type of knife that was sometimes used on the barbecue. That's why he, this rabbi uh, Ravashi, used to actually put it in the fire. But Talakha is that you don't need to. <coughs> because we go by Rav Tashmisho. That's the Ramban's way out of the problem. Good. New Gemara. Amar Huna Bereid of Yeshua. Etz parur. If you have a wooden mixing spoon and you want to get it ready for Pesach, magilan berotchin. You put it in hagalah in boiling water. Ubeklidishon in a klidishon that it was on the fire. In a, it has to be very hot water on the fire. Kasavar kibolo kachpoto. It must be that he holds that the way you put in the chametz, that's how you take out the chametz. Why? Because since this wooden spoon is usually, is, wooden spoons are never used on the fire, they're always used in boiling water. 
Therefore, the way to get out the chametz is also only in boiling water. Ba'u mine mereimar. Mereimar asked the question. Hani mani dikunya. These glazed vessels that were used for chametz. Ma'u lishtamushi b'pesach. Can you use them on Pesach? So basically they used to have clay vessels and they cover it with lead. Okay? And they want to know, could you use them on Pesach? So they want to clarify this. Don't ask a question about the green ones. The Vadai Asiri. Those are always Asun on Pesach. Though the, uh, the green ones, it seems like on the bottom, have a high alum content. And therefore, it absorbs a lot, and it's for sure asu on Pesach. Kiti bailach, uchmi v'chaviri. If you have a black ones or the white ones, those are a problem. Those those are a question that maybe they could be okay. Right? If they have cracks, there's no question. Then they're for sure asur. Because if they have cracks in the in the lead, on the outside lead, then... The the whatever chametz you're playing you're putting in it is gonna go into the clay and it's not and, and it's be a problem on Pesach, okay? So what's the question? If it's smooth and has no cracks, and it's black or white, what's the halacha on Pesach? So he answered the question. I saw that even these have a habit. Of sweating, which means you see little liquids coming out of it. Alma bali vasiri. Therefore, they also absorb and they are asur. Torah says about about cheres that it never comes out forever. It always stays in the walls, and therefore it's a problem. Okay. How come by yain nesach it's different? The Darish Meremar, because Meremar says, Mani Dikunya, if you have glazed vessels that you use with wine of a goy, so we we talk about we were talking about glazed vessels for chametz. Now we're talking about glazed vessels that were used for, with wine of a goy. Ben Uchma Ben Chavir Ben Yeruki, whether it's black, white, or green, Sharetz always mutar. Why is it okay? It's got Yayin Nesach in the walls. Vichitem, and maybe you'll say. Yain Nesach to Rabbanan. Yain Nesach is only Yisur to Rabbanan. Chametz is Asur to Oraita. That's not a good answer. Chametz to Oraita. Call the Tekin Lachamran, Ken the Oraita Tikkun. The rabbis always make the Tekanot like a Deoraita. And therefore the rabbis wouldn't make a Gizirah of Yain Nesach and allow something that wouldn't be allowed on a Deoraita Yisur. So why is it Mutar? Amale. So he answered back, no. One is used with hot, and yayin is only used with cold. Cold doesn't go in as much. Yeah. The fact that it's acidic, it doesn't matter. What? The fact that it's acidic. Oh, let's see. The Gemara is going to talk about this soon. Very good. Says the Gemara. Any time they used chametz, which is cold, you're allowed to use it for matzah. So if you have a Tupperware that was used for cold, 
you're allowed to use it for matzah as well. Chutz min bet seor. Except for something that holds your sourdough. Do you know what sourdough is? Sourdough is dough that got spoiled, and you use it now instead of yeast. Mm-hmm. Since it has a very, very strong fermentation, and it's very, very powerful, yeah. even though it's cold, it's still asur, the pot that's it. That's it. Amar mm-hmm. Abashi, says another thing. If you have something that holds a condiment, like mustard, it's like seor, it's like sourdough, it's also a problem. Oh, wow. Okay, because it's a very strong flavor. Amar says, If you have the, the, the dough kneading trows in mechuzah, since they always knead the sourdough in them, and they leave it in there for a while. It's like a bet seor that has strong kasher. Now, it seems like these these kneading trows they don't just need regular dough in it. It seems like they need the actual sourdough in it first before they put in the actual flour and water with the sourdough to mix it in. Okay, where it says pshitas, and of course it's asur. Why should it be any different than than the sourdough holder, right? Mao detema, I would have thunk. Kevan de rivchira, since the sourdough holder is a small little holder, this one is very very wide. Therefore, shalot bali. Therefore, since the air circulates in it, the air should stop it from absorbing the chametz taste. Kamashman, so Rabbi comes to tell you no. Since it's always in it overnight, it's still a problem even though there's air in it because it's holding sourdough for so long. So, in summary, we're going to end off over here at this Mishnah. But in summary, uh, holding things being held in um, in a clay pot that are cold are fine unless it's a very, very strong fermentation thing that's left overnight. Then it's a problem. It has to be left overnight. It has to be left overnight. Right. And it has to have been left. It, and, and that's true. We just learned even in something that's wide and the air is shalatan. <coughs> even though it's a very wide thing, not a big thing, it's still of it. It's still us. So that's the Kiddush of Rabbah. Amen. Amen.